changing them. There's no compromise. Even if the Pope says in private statements that he thinks it's okay to compromise, it's not. So please share this. And if you want to help make this video more popular, please like it. That helps us. Also, please leave a comment. That helps to make it more popular. And please consider supporting our ministry so we can reach many more people for Christ in and out of the Catholic Church. And so we can keep speaking the truth because I guarantee you that this video will not be monetized. So please help us to help others. May God bless you. Apostolic succession, meaning that the bishops of the Catholic Church today were ordained by bishops before them, and bishops before them, and before them, and before them, going back 2,000 years to the apostles who were the first ones to lay hands on people and ordain them. So the apostles passed on their bishopric to other men by the laying on of hands, who passed on theirs to other men, who passed on theirs to other men, down to the bishops of the Catholic Church today. So the Catholic Church can directly trace her history and leaders back to the earliest Christians and back to the apostles themselves. That is why we say that we are the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, which goes back to the time of the apostles and the true church of Jesus Christ. And so in this video, we're going to be talking about apostolic succession and how that was passed on to today. Hello, everyone. My name is Brian Mercy, your president of Catholic Truth, and I'm so glad you've joined us here today. We want you to know your faith, love your faith, and live it with purpose and passion, and even be able to defend it. If you would like us to come speak at your parish or conference, a keynote talk, confirmation retreat, parish mission, apologetic seminars, or whatever, check out our website at thecatholictruth.org. And if you haven't checked out our merchandise yet, please do that as well. All the links to everything we have, social media, Patreon, PayPal, it's all below. In John 20, 21 through 23, Jesus sends his apostles. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And the word there in Greek, to send, means to send with the same authority. So Christ literally gave his authority to the apostles. And he spent his whole ministry teaching them and training them and equipping them to take his place when he ascended into heaven. They were going to run the church. They were going to teach and preach. They were going to save souls. They were going to reconcile people back to God. And they received Christ's authority to do that. But most of all, they were going to run and be in charge of the church, which is why they received that authority, especially in Matthew 18, 15 through 18, where Jesus gave them the powers to bind and loose, which are priestly terms of authority, and in a special way to Peter, who received the keys of the kingdom in Matthew 16, 18 through 19. And so while all Christians have authority in some way, only the apostles were apostles. First in the church. That's what 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says in Ephesians as well. It says that the apostles were first and then uh, prophets and then priests, presbyters and teachers. And you go, it goes down the line of people who were appointed in the church. And it gives these offices, these gifts to the church. And so much so that Jesus said, he who listens to you listens to me. And he who rejects you rejects me and the one who sent me, he said in Luke 10, 16. So if you listen to the authority of the apostles and you listen to Paul and you listen to Peter, then you listen 
to Christ. And if you reject them, you reject Christ. There is no making up your own church. There is no making up your own denomination. There's no blazing your own trail, ordaining yourself. You have to be ordained by the apostles themselves. And Christ said, he who listens to the apostles or the leaders of the church listens to him. And he who rejects the leaders of the church or the church itself rejects him. And all throughout the New Testament, we see the apostles operating and acting with this authority and passing it on to other men, especially Judas in Acts chapter 1. Verses 15 through 26, we see that Judas had committed suicide and they chose another man to take his place. In Acts 1.20, it actually says that when his habitation goes desolate, meaning when one leaves, let another take his office. And it says here, in fact, the word there for office is bishopric. And in fact, that's how the King James Version renders it. The word office is a form of the Greek word episcope, but what we get the word today as bishop. So the apostles were bishops. And when Judas left, they elected another bishop to the office of the bishopric or the office of the apostleship. And it says this all through 115 through 126. And we see that they elected Matthias and he was elected to become an apostle and a bishop. So even from the earliest days of Christianity, we see the apostles passing on that authority. And even Paul, who wasn't one of the 12 apostles, was considered an apostle. And he himself had hands laid on him. And he himself laid hands on other men as well to pass on that authority and to ordain others. We see that in Acts 13, 2 through 3, and we even see him ordaining Timothy, who goes and ordains others as well. Even in Acts chapter 6, verse 6, we see that seven deacons are ordained to the diaconate, and they have the hands laid on them, the laying on of hands. We see the laying on of hands uh, used in different ways in the Bible. Sometimes it's used for healing, like Jesus laid hands on people and healed them. Other times, like in Acts chapter 8, it's for giving people the Holy Spirit, like in the Sacrament of Confirmation. And in other times, like in Acts 6-6, it's for ordaining people to the diaconate, and in other places, the bishopric. And so you see seven deacons ordained to the diaconate. And so we see this throughout the early church, that the authority that the apostles had were passed on not only to other bishops, but to priests and deacons as well. And this has come down in one continuous line down through the Catholic bishops, priests, and deacons down to today. The coolest thing is, is this is what you see in the earliest Christians as well, post-apostolic age, right after the apostles died. You have the next generation talking about apostolic succession, talking about priests, talking about bishops, talking about deacons. And if you don't have these three offices that Jesus Christ established, that the apostles gave us, then you don't have a church or the true church. And we also see that passed down through the ages that Jesus ordained these offices. And you could tell people who claim to be the true church in the early church, like the heretics, like Pontius or like Sibelius or others, they said, really, your church started in the 200s. You were the leader. Where is your apostolic succession? Can you trace your lineage back to the time of Christ? And obviously the answer was no. And they would say, you only can trace the 
earliest Christians, the Catholics, back to the time of Jesus Christ. And so the the Christians, the Catholics of the first four centuries, would show their apostolic succession back to the time of Jesus Christ to show that they were the true church. And I'm going to read to you just a few of them so you can see and not take my word for it. And our video editor, unfortunately, is away on vacation for two weeks, so you won't be getting the words on the screen like you usually would. This comes from St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was a Catholic bishop in Antioch. In the, he, was, he lived in the first century. He knew the Apostle John, him and Polycarp, who you're going to hear about in a second. But he was a bishop, a Catholic bishop. And listen to what he says. He says, Take care to do everything in harmony with God, with the presiding bishop in the, who is in the place of God, and with the presbyters who are in the place of the council of the apostles, presbyters being priests, and with the deacons who are most dear to me. So he's talking about bishops, priests, and deacons. And why did he say the bishops are in the place of God? Because Jesus gave his authority to them, and you need to listen to the bishops as Christ. Because if you reject the bishops, you reject Christ. And he's acknowledging this in like 110 AD, right after uh, John had died on the island of Patmos, right after the apostolic age, you see the earliest Christians talking about the three offices and it being passed on from the apostles. We had quoted Luke 10, 16 earlier that he who listens to you listens to me. And St. Ignatius again says, when you submit to your bishop, you do so as you would Jesus Christ. And it is clear to me that you are living not in the manner of men, but as Jesus Christ. So when we submit to the bishops and the authority that Christ gave us in the church, we are submitting to Christ himself because Christ guides us and leads us through the church that he gave us, through the authority that he established. Likewise, Irenaeus in the year 180 talks about Polycarp, who also knew the Apostle John and was ordained and instructed by the apostles themselves. I mean, this is as early as it gets. It's so cool. He said Polycarp was not only instructed by the apostles and conversed with many who had seen Christ, but was also by the apostles in Asia appointed bishop of the church in Smyrna whom I saw in my early youth. He goes on to say that he knew Polycarp. He learned from Polycarp because Polycarp lived a long life and he learned from him and he himself was ordained by the apostles. Irenaeus is the bishop of Lyon. So you see from the very earliest stages that the bishopric had been passed on from man to man to man in different places around the world. Everywhere the apostles established churches, they also ordained bishops to run those churches and to pass on that authority and priests to help them and deacons to help them as we see in the Bible. Irenaeus goes on to say, we can actually enumerate all of our bishops. We can trace from 180 AD, we can trace all of our bishops back to the time of the apostles, no matter what church you're in. But he's like, we don't have time for that. So he said, we are going to trace the lineage of the greatest and most ancient and well-known church in the whole world, the Church of Rome, founded and organized by the two most glorious apostles, Peter and Paul, that which has the tradition which comes down to us after having been announced to men by the apostles. And it is this church, because of its superior origin, that all churches must agree. That is, the faithful of the whole world. Now notice he's saying that the, the church of Rome has a preeminence over all other churches in his day already, and because it, the tradition comes down from the apostles themselves, and they were ordained. Peter was ordained. Paul was ordained. And he talks about how the Pope at 
his time in 180 AD, he goes on to talk about how Peter was the first pope, then Linus, then Cletus, then Clement, then Avaristus, and so on and so on and so on. In fact, Clement, we could quote here too, is talked about, and he's mentioned in the uh, first book of Timothy. But, I mean, all throughout the early church, they're talking about the bishops, the priests, the deacons, the apostolic succession, the passing on of the truth by the apostles, which these churches held on to and kept and passed faithfully on to other churches, so that when people like Sibelius or Arius or Pontius or... Uh, Simon Magus or others who claim to be the truth or the Gnostics, they could say, well, okay, show us your leaders. Trace them back to the time of Jesus. And if you can't do that, then you're not the true church. You're making things up. Because not only can we trace our lineage and our history back to the time of Jesus, but we can show our teachings back to the time of Jesus as well. So the the full deposit of faith that Jesus established with the apostles was passed on to other men who faithfully passed it on to other men and who faithfully passed it on to other men and so on down to today in the Catholic Church. And even though the Catholic Church has had bad periods and has had even corrupt popes, Jesus promised to lead and guide the church into all truth, not some truth, all truth by the Holy Spirit. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it because Jesus is ultimately in charge of his church and he guides it. Matthew 28, 19 says he would be with his church until the end of time. Lastly, Augustine says in the 5th century that he was Catholic and he chose to remain in the Catholic Church because of the succession of priests and bishops that could be traced back to the time of the apostles, the sure knowledge that could be traced back to Jesus himself. This is amazing. This is why we say we are the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. There is only one Catholic church under the Pope for 2,000 years and is still being passed on through the laying on of hands, through the ordination of priests, bishops, and deacons today. Thank you so much for watching. I'm so excited about this. It's so like, it's so cool to see history, to study history, to see what the earliest Christians believed and just to see how on fire they were and what they actually believed is so much what we actually believe today. So I challenge you, if you haven't read The Early Church Fathers, do so. And we have several books. Uh, there's three volumes by William Jurgens, which gives you a really good treatment of the first five centuries of the earliest Christians. Christians, William Jurgens, his three great books. And of course, there's 30 volumes of early church fathers if you would like to read all the volumes <laughs> for yourself. And I'm sure there's more than that. But if you would like to study the early church, please do, because it's amazing. The early church fathers are amazing. They were the earliest witnesses to the apostles. They learned from the apostles, and then they passed on what they learned to other men. So people say, oh, the Bible means this. The Bible means that. When we appeal to the earliest Christians, we understand that what they received was from the apostles who wrote the Bible, and so they would understand first and foremost what the Bible meant. I mean, if I wrote a book and, you know, 50 years had gone by, and after 50 years, people were arguing about what it meant, what's the best way to figure out what the book actually means? Come talk to me because I wrote it. And I'm sure I instructed other people and told others about it. So you could probably talk to one of them who I trained as well. Jesus trained the apostles. The apostles trained their successors. Those successors trained their successors. And it's been passed on to today. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. I could go on forever. Please, if you love our ministry and love what we do, please check out our PayPal and our Patreon below. You give monthly, one time, yearly, a one-time gift, whatever you would like to help our ministry grow and to help us keep growing as we keep bringing on new team members and growing this ministry. Lastly, if you would like us to come to your parish, apologetic seminars, parish mission, confirmation retreat, keynote speaker, if you would like a conference, whatever, please check out our website at thecatholictruth.org and follow us on social media 
below. God bless you. Hi everyone, my name is Kate. I'm the video editor here at Catholic Truth, and I just wanted to say on behalf of all of us, thank you so much for taking some time to watch our videos and learn more about your faith. You guys really make this channel possible, and we truly appreciate you being here. So thanks again, and God bless.